Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And boy, oh boy, mate, I can't believe what I'm about to say, but we have a third podcast member today. Uh, it's the one, it's the only, the host of The Bev Show, Bev. Welcome, Bev. G'day, guys. That was some intro. Gee, I enjoyed that. Um, no, thanks for having me. It's um, it's uh, great to be on and uh, looking forward to uh, talking some um, some footy and, and supercoach and, and dogs. It's a pleasure to have you on the show today, Bev. Uh, we'll drop our Twitter handles and social media handles, I should say, so you can find us on Twitter at SC Elites, on Facebook, iTunes and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. But, Bev, where can our listeners find you at? Uh, the Facebook page, the Bev Show Facebook page. Uh, if you want a link, uh, facebook.com slash the Bev Show. Just search the Bev Show on your Facebook search and it should show up. And, um, yeah, I do all sorts of uh, things there. But uh, the main thing I do is uh, a live show every Sunday at uh, 8 p.m. where I uh, just talk the sports I love. I'm a, uh, I'm a passionate uh, sports fan. Um, so it's... Uh, it's always good to uh, answer comments and so forth and um, just talk with people about, yeah, the sports I'm passionate about. If you've never seen the Bev show, big Hobart Hurricanes fan. Yes. Sorry, sorry to bring that up, Bev. It was pretty heartbreaking <laughs> for you at the back end of the season. It now. was. Looking so good. Uh, massive Winx and horse racing fan. Um, yep. and That's a, absolutely. Yeah, and a big Western Bulldogs fan too. So, um, yeah, catch him on the Bev show. So we've got Bev jumping on. We're going to do things a little bit out of order here today. Um, we're going to talk about Gold Coast and the Western Bulldogs first, more particularly the Doggies, um, because we want to get Bev's thoughts on the upcoming season, where players are going to play, um, and what he thought about the opening JLT game too. So before we really kick off the Supercoach uh, score side of things. I want to have a chat with you about Josh Dunkley, uh, Bevo. Where do yep. you see Dunkley's role this year? Well, he can. What you saying? He can play midfield. He can play. Um, can he play backline? I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, he can play a variety of different positions. And um, I'd like to see him probably in the midfield a bit more if he can fit in there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Bumps, cross over to you. Well, I mean, we spoke about we, the other day. We, Where do you see him fitting in? Yeah, we touched on it kind of very briefly yesterday, didn't we? When we uh, heard about Dunkley, he came out and said he's been shredding this whole preseason, trying to put a bit of bulk on himself, um, just so he can play a little bit more forward line. And uh, oh, yeah, so that concerns us a little bit, Bev, because we like Dunkley, Dunkley when he's playing yeah. in the midfield. We had a look at his back end last year and, you know, he was able to average, what was it, Corey, 130-odd over the last... six of the last five rounds as a pure midfielder. Yeah, it, it was huge. So the fact that he's kind of pushing forward, well, look, the talk might be that he might play a little bit more of a roll-up forward. Um, that concerns me a little bit, to be, to be honest. The worry on yeah. the weekend's game, too, with only uh, seven centre bounces attended as well. That was uh, a little bit scary. Yeah. I was super hot on him and he only dropped uh, 54 supercoach points from 80% game time. But Bombs, there was 19 disposals in that at 47% by foot. So yeah, there's going to be a little bit of problems there. What do you think of um, young Bailey Dale, Bevo? Bailey Dale, he's a good youngster, isn't he? And um, I mean, 
I guess the sorry, uh sorry, sorry, Bev, I've actually just thrown under the bus here. Yeah, Bailey Caleb, Smith, do you I mean? mean? I mean Caleb Daniel. Caleb Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I was very I was thinking this. Um no Ka- Caleb da- uh, Daniel, um he's a good little small um Bulldogs player, isn't he? You know, I think he got about thirty plus disposals on the uh, on the yeah, weekend. So yeah, from from playing in the midfield and, and um he can float a bit forward and, and play in the pockets as well in the flanks. So um, yeah, he's a good good little player. Um, and if he plays if he plays a uh, a good role in the midfield this season, he might be a pretty good pickup for Matt, for the uh, for the super coach. Interested to see oh. how he goes down back. Bombs took I think what he takes six. Have you got my stats open there? Oh, I don't. This was probably the only time I don't have your stats open in front of me. Um, but, yeah, no, he did take a few kick-ins to himself. I remember you um, kind of speaking about that. Um, and I didn't catch all of the Bulldogs game. I only watched about the first half. But he was kind of everywhere in the Bulldogs game. And he, he did roam a lot. And when this bloke roams, his ability to get ball is uh, is pretty much as, as good as any. I think him and Lockie Hunter over the weekend, they, I think they did play similar kind of roles. Caleb Daniel might have played a bit more back. But I think at the end of the day, it will come down to role. And... I've been saying this a lot, uh, particularly through yesterday's podcast, and I'm not going to change my tune today. When we see JLT2, that's kind of really going to say to us what players are going to be doing because um, they're going to be playing stronger teams um, and they're going to be versing stronger teams and it's going to be a proper um, sort of just prior to round one hit out. So if we see Caleb Daniel um, kind of do similar things next week, then I think he somewhat becomes relevant as a selection because he is a cheaper option up forward. Um, but it's probably not someone I want to take the risk on. And, you know, we speak about it all the time, and it's probably one of your uh, lines that you'd love to go to, Corey, is that why pay the price for someone like Caleb Daniel when you can pay, like, 80 grand extra once you see him kind of put the runs on the board? Like, why bother taking the risk? Um, Because it can really sort of sink your season um, early on if it goes wrong. 421, that I love watching behind the ball a lot on the weekend. Um, Bev, who... (laughs) Who are you expecting big things from this year from the doggies? Uh, well, I think it, I think it's the obvious, Jack McRae. I mean, how good was he last year? And and well, on the weekend he had forty disposals in his in his first game of the season. So um, I mean, actually, to be honest, I reckon he's probably an obvious choice for um, for midfielder in most super coaches. I would have thought this season, considering his uh, wonderful stats last season. I don't know if you two agree, but. Um, He's just fantastic. Oh, he's definitely definitely had some teams with him in and out. Yeah, and he's currently sitting in my team, and um, I kind of broke that to you not that long ago, Corey. I said, no, nah, after that Dogs game, he had to come in. Because earlier on in the preseason, Bev, me and Corey, we were thinking, well, geez, you're going to be able to back that up. Some of the games mm. he had last year were just that good. He was pumping scores of like 180. There was a period where he went over three, or was it? Yeah, three weeks in a row. He was doing some incredible things. Well, his and, um, breakout season last season, that's for oh, sure. Oh, it, it was huge, um, Bev. It was absolutely yep. huge. And when he did what he did on the weekend, I just thought, shit. I go, is he going to do this again? True. Um, one of the things I did uh, was bring him in into my team because thinking, when I had a look at his numbers from last year, you just think, shit, you don't want to miss out on these. And me, yeah. well, I've had a little look at um, the dog's fixture and – when it comes to round three, which is the first time we play sort of head-to-head games in uh, in league, so we miss rounds one and two, obviously, because they're kind of just 
uh, you know, uh, sort of rounds that contribute more to the overall than anything else. But from round three, he's got Gold Coast to, and he's got uh, Carlton and Frio, I think, in his first five games or four games there as well. So that period where he scored over 153 weeks in a row, it was actually against the bottom three teams last year. Um, he had them all in consecutive weeks. And I think that for head-to-head, McRae might be just a really valuable point of difference given that he's the pretty much a perfect VC or C option in three out of those four or five weeks there when uh, head-to-head games kick off. Couldn't agree more, to be honest. And, I mean, he not only... He's, he not only um, gets the disposals, but he also tackles. I mean, he's just such a great midfielder. And, I mean, last <coughs> season was fantastic. So um, he'll he'll be going in my super coach, that's for sure. We spoke about... Is he your favourite Dogs player? Um, I'm not really sure about that. I'm not really sure, but... Um, have, a, have a quick so, think about who your favourite player is. I'll have to have a think. Well, <laughs> well actually, funnily enough, funnily enough, it used to be Luke Dalhouse, but he's moved. So I'm, I'm not really oh. sure where to go at the moment. I, I mean, the, I love the Bond. I love Libertore. Um, I love McRae. I love a lot of players. Um, <laughs> so I'm not, not sure how to pin it down to one. But um, just got too much love to spread around. Yeah, yeah. too much love. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I reckon my favourite player would have to be maybe the Bond. I mean... He's a good little youngster, but but um, no, Jack McRae's a fantastic player. Beautiful. Um, Bombs, we were talking about it the other day. The, the smaller players, the, just, the big, strong through the hips, he's just one of them too. I was watching him on the weekend. Mm. The, the little handball he done underneath, I can't even remember who the defender was. He just handballed under his legs. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. It was just, he's just marvellous. Um, I think we're in for a good season. What what are you expecting from the Bont this year, uh, Bev? Do you think he'll spend more time up forward? Do you think he'll come back and be a regular midfielder? I mean, you've got Libba coming back, Wallace coming yep. back. Where's he going to fit in? I reckon he'll I reckon he'll be that sort of um, Patrick Dangerfield sort of player where he can just go forward, but uh, also spend a bit of time in the midfield when he uh, when he needs to. But I reckon he might actually spend a lot more time forward this season. I I mean, he was up. Was he up in the forward line for from well not a majority well maybe for a majority of the of the game on Sunday I know he he had a couple of shots and uh, missed a couple he didn't kick a goal but um, I mean we ne- I, th- I think the dogs they need some strong presence in that forward line and I think with um, I guess the body build of Marcus Bonapelli and also his height as well I think he's a, a valuable a valuable player up in that forward line but I mean you can't dismiss his midfield uh, form he's I mean, ever since he came into um, to the Dogs, he's been an elite midfielder. Um, so, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he spends a lot more time forward this season. Uh, Bonds, we you, you brought his name up to me a little while ago. 116 from 30 disposals, 88 percent time on ground on the weekend. Did McRae's game and almost Libba's game to a lesser extent just completely wipe him off the table for you? Oh, I'm going nowhere near Bont now, to be honest. Um, when we did the crossover pod uh, with, with the insiders, that, that session we had there, um, I, what I put him in the top 10, just probably just for a little bit more cheeky and bent. Uh, Bev, if you don't know, I've hated the Bond pretty much for the entirety of his career, so I'll just give you that little bit of background there too, Bev. Um, I just what, was, more, what was that? Well, I just feel like he's one of the more overrated players in the competition, um, to be honest. And um, was sick of I'm a Carlton man myself, Bev, and I was just sick of people saying Bont is better than Cripps, and that's clearly not true. But anyways, we'll move well, on. I from think that. I think early on, I think early on in 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 if if Bond and Pelly was in the form that he was early on in his career when he started the Dogs, 
I reckon that you could probably make a case for that, but Cripps is clearly, you know, the better player now. But but I mean, yeah, Fondapelli was yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, look, Bont's gone off my radar just because. I think he's going to play too much of that forward line role. And I know they didn't have um, Shacky and Boyd and probably one or two of their other targets up front over the weekend. So, look, for me, the concern was that I think Bont is still going to just play as a really big kind of midfielder and float through the forward line more often than he's kind of spending actually in the midfield as an inside mid. And, and to me, that, that concerns me because... Um, Obviously, midfield players generally score a lot better than sort of key forward type players. But look, he had 30 touches playing as a key forward over the weekend, so yeah. he obviously can still rack them up. But to, for me, I just I, I can't justify picking someone like Bond over someone like McRae given the roles they both have uh, in the team at the moment. Yeah, no, I love it. Is there any um, younger players that you're keeping an eye on, Bev? Any of you know the 18, 19, 20-year-olds? Well, I actually thought um, I thought Will Hayes was pretty good on on Sunday. Uh, I think he marked uh, seven balls, and um, he's of course um, what is he? Uh, he's related to David Hayes, the trainer. Um, son, is it? I, I'm not sure, but um, is a son or nephew? I, I can't remember. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I know he is related to David Hayes, and. Um, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was pretty good on on Sunday um, in his first game, and I guess the obvious is the the pick seven from the last from last year's draft, Bailey Smith, who um, did kick a goal on uh, on Sunday and uh, looked looked okay in his um, in his first game. I think he's been training well and he he looks uh, fit, so um, I reckon Bailey Smith's probably maybe one to watch as, in terms of the younger players as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, good work there. Yeah, uh, that was very good. Will Hayes, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him because I thought his first half was a lot better than his second half, to be honest. But um, just noticing his time on ground was 59, percent so potentially he didn't play all that much time on field. But he was kind of used as a big link between the half forward flank and the the kind of the full forward, uh, full forward line. I think the area he really needs to clean up though is he kicked a lot of balls aimlessly um, into the forward line. And a lot of them just got quite easily picked off. And look, despite that, yeah. and despite that being such a clear sort of thing that I noticed, he still had, he still went at 73% efficiency for his uh, 15 touches that he had. But I think you can tell there between his fantasy and his supercoach scores, 59 in fantasy, 42 in supercoach, that he did butcher the ball a fair bit. And the times when he really could have ramped up his supercoach scoring when he was involved in some, some fast plays, he was breaking through the ground, getting some metres gained. He wasn't turning those kicks over, and what that's going to take is a bit more composure on his half um, than what we could have seen was a lot more complete uh, super coach game from him. Yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't think he was as bad as what his kind of super coach numbers represented. I thought he was pretty good. So positive signs. Do you reckon he could be? You'll get better, I reckon. Yeah, I, was, I, will, I think so. Surely. I mean, no, I don't think I, he'll be there round one. You don't no. reckon? No, I, don't I, don't I reckon he's a chance. I reckon he's a little chance, but I reckon he'll get better. I reckon he'll he'll get better numbers than that once he's. Well, I guess once he plays more games. By by the way, just to uh, just to clarify, Will Hayes is the son of David Hayes. Oh, there you go. By the way, yeah. just to just to clarify. Beautiful. Oh. You're a legend, Bev. Doing 
getting his uh, information on the fly as well, making sure he's factually correct too. I want to check that. Right. I want to check that. Now, uh, <laughs> last week, Bombs, I did mention in my in the actual Western Bulldogs podcast that I liked the idea of Tim English, you know, being as a smoky mid-price. Bev, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, Tim English has actually hit triple figures on the uh, scale. Uh, so he has officially reached over 100 kilos. So, Bev, I just want to get your thoughts on Tim English this year. How's he going to go as a solo ruckman? I reckon um, it would be a challenge for him coming in as that number one uh, ruckman, something he probably hasn't really done before, uh, well, in terms of this level of footy. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he, uh, how he goes. I think he'll uh, live up to the challenge. He's a good, he's a good little, um, not a good little, he's a, he's a, um, a nice, tall and um, talented ruckman, in my opinion. And um, I think he's also someone that can, uh, float forward at different stages, maybe even float defence if he if he needs. What about the fact uh, that he's a hundred kilos though, Ben? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, but Corey I mean, was I mean, trying to sell me the other day. We'll give you some context to last last week's pod. But Corey was trying to sell me on the fact that Tim English is now a hundred kilos. Therefore, he's all of a sudden going to be a good player. What do you reckon of that? Well, I'm not. I'm not really. Well, I don't buy into that. Just oh, because good on you, just, just But I do, I do like that he's, I do like that he's increased in size because, because, um, because before he was probably a little bit on the leaner side. Um, yeah. So now that he's got a bit of bulk on him. I think it's going to play in his favour. But I'm not obviously buying into that. Um, yeah. He's, he's obviously got to, he's got to live up to it. I guess. Not you reckon when he because he puts eyes on. I reckon when he, like, just before he jumped on the scales, like, he drank, like, three litres of water just to tip the 100kg mark. <laughs> like, just before he jumped on his club plane. And he's just gone and pissed it all out, and he's going to play at 98 kilos, and all of a sudden, that'll Corey thinks he's going to be shit. That'll affect yeah. his super coach out, boy. Not big me. I'm not 100 kegs. <laughs> Um, and last but not least, we have to have a chat about Tom Liberatore. What a game it was for him. That second quarter was yep. outstanding after a slow start. Good to see him in and under. Kind of looked like he had Mr. Beat, really. Um, he was really he, good. And you could see how hard he was working as well. He was involved in a hard knock. I think we were early on in the game as well, actually, where he... Um where he was down on the down on the yeah down the turf for a little bit, but he got back up. But no, it's good to see him back actually. And um, if he, yeah, he said, oh, see, it makes me more optimistic with him back because he's going to just add some more eliteness to the um, to the dogs um, to the dogs midfield this season. And yeah, it's good to see him back. Hopefully, he can stay fit. Do you think will he add? Oh, there you go. You go, Bob's. I was just going to say, will he add super coach eliteness to your side, though, Bev? Uh, what was his numbers like uh, before he got injured? Were they? Well, he has averaged 110 previously, but I mean, injury has been a concern since then. So he's got the ability to kind of go big. Now, he's yeah. an absolute bargain price of 300k, which puts him at about I don't know 50 or 60 average at the moment. So he's almost half the oh, points under price. Yeah, based on the based on the um, well, obviously we'll, we'll learn a bit more. Uh, this week against St Kilda, but um, based on uh, the His weekend, I, I'd yeah. probably I'd probably pick him up. I'd probably put him in the side. I reckon. Yeah, if, I, if... I think that's a good call. I'm certainly running yeah. with him. I don't think there's any way I can say no to Tom Liberatore, even if he's just used as a cash cow, which is what most of us will use mm. him for. And uh, 
look, if he gets traded later on, so be it. But at least he would have pumped out some numbers for us um, in between. So, Absolutely. Um, well, we I think Liberatore, yeah, Liberatore and Miles, that discussion became a lot more intense, I think, after the weekend. And I don't think you can pick one anymore. I think you have to pick both. What are you doing with that, Corey? Uh, right now, I've got one. Last night, I had both. Um, I think I think I'll end up with both because I'm, I th- I'm almost certain I'm going to start with Gorn, and I need that money for Gorn. Yeah. And I think mm. that becomes the most logical way to get, you know, a quick three hundred of them plus, you know, plus the rest. When you need, to Gorn yeah. So I don't think there's. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be running the season with both of them at the moment. Um, <laughs> Thoughts on his tattoos, Bev? Give us your rundown on Liver's tattoos. Libertore's tattoos. Well, um, I don't have a problem with them, but uh, I know I wouldn't be getting them, that's for sure. <laughs> Does it make you crave a crusty Burger, though? Because I've been, I'm fair dinkum. Ever since I've seen his arms, I've just been craving a burger, like something real kind of greasy yeah. to stick my teeth into. Well, I like uh, my burgers, so, um, yeah, I have to tend to agree with you there. Yeah, no. <laughs> before look, Bev, we appreciate you coming on, but before we let you go, we need to know where do you see the doggies finishing this year, and how do you think their season's going to go? Yeah. Look, um, firstly, I, I was actually quite happy with their um, their first JLT game. I thought they showed some good signs, um, co- pros and cons. Uh, look, I'm not. Um, look, I, I think they'll. I think they'll be around the top eight, but I'm not 100% sure if they'll make it, if that makes sense. Yep. I'm still yeah. sort of not really sure. Uh, I mean, they're still relatively young. They've still got... I mean, they've got some ex- some good experience in, uh, in that side, like Eastern Wood and, and so forth. And I don't know what the situation is, is with uh, with Liam Picken, if he's going to play this season. I assume he is because he's training. But, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be around sort of maybe... Maybe, I don't know, maybe 7 to 13, somewhere around there, maybe. I would hope that it's somewhere between 7 to 10, but I don't know. What do you, what do you guys reckon? I'm interested uh, to hear your I thoughts. I've got him in about the exact same spot, mate. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't think you'll make the 8, but I, as a Doggies fan, if you're competitive, I think that's all you can ask for. Yep. Bumps? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you guys exactly on that, yeah. Good man. All right, Bev, before you sign out, let listeners know again once more where they can find you. Follow me on Facebook, the Bev Show Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the Bev Show, broadcasting every Sunday night at 8 p.m. for an hour and a half. And, uh, well, I do everything from answer comments to uh, open Snapchats, uh, funny enough, (laughs) uh, which is causing a bit of hassles at the moment because I'm having a few technical difficulties with it. But hopefully that's all solved for this Sunday. And, um, yeah, just talking the sports I love, talking lots of footy. Um, the, The footy discussions are getting more intense now as we approach the season and also racing and, and all that as well so um and cricket and, and all that so um, yeah go. we'll be we'll be sure to uh put your uh, facebook page certainly when we when we sort of drop the podcast on our page we'll certainly be sure to include it there hey bev i know that personally as a fan of the work you do if i was listening to this podcast i would be disappointed if you were to leave without giving us one of those famous woohoo yippee 
So can you give us your absolute best bet? What do you want? A, a Wahoo you beauty or a, or yeah, a yippity, yippity dippity dippity? I'll beat say. I'll beat say. All of them, Bev. Just I'll give us all of them. Give all right, I'll, I'll, give I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few. I'm signing out. Woohoo, you beauty. I'm going to lick your dickety fingers. <laughs> give us a yippee, Bev. Give us a yippee. Yippity dippity do. Bev, we absolutely <laughs> love you. Thank you so much for being on. That's um, all right. On behalf no of worries, the elites, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a big thank you. Uh, Bob, nah, thanks for having me. Nah, no problem at all, mate. All right, Cheers. Thank you, Bev. Bumps, we've got to continue this pod, um, yep. and we'll go straight across to the Gold Coast Suns, mate. So let's kick it off. Well, who do we have? Um, oh, from the Gold Coast. We've got Andrew Miles. Let's start oh, with him. Yes, so, I'm just still. Oh, Anthony Miles. Sorry. In, in awe of uh, Bev before he left, but you know, Anthony Miles. He had 20 set of bounces attended. Um, didn't put up huge numbers. What did he end up scoring? He had 55% on the ground for 68 yeah, and uh, 21 touches in that. So we've seen enough to know that, no, 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 this is a good pick. And this is the one thing that makes me nervous um, because the the fact that I think we do we are going to have to run Gorn and Grundy, I'm so nervous about missing one of him or Liberatore, just given all the value we have down back because I think the, the midfield rookies are, are probably better suited than the um, defender rookies at this stage kind of makes sense to pick the midfield rookie and the defender um, sort of mid-pricer. But, oh, man, if when did they play Sunday night? Sunday night was any indication of um, what the hell we're, we're, gonna, we're in store for from Liver and Miles, then, by golly, both of them need to be selected. They were both super impressive. If you had to grab one at the moment, who would you be getting? Um, I'm going to say Liver. And I feel like it's wrong, though. Like, I, I just know whichever one I say is going to be wrong. But only because Liver's, Liver's averaged 110 in the past. We've kind of only seen 90 from Miles before. So the 40K cheaper plus the potential 20-point average um, leans me towards Liver. Yeah. What are you expecting on, from Miles in the season? Oh, I'd be happy with 90. I'd be, I'd be If he got through right through to Gold Coast by and was averaging 90 and put on 110, 100, 150k on his price, maybe not 150. That would take him up to 500. That would be extreme, wouldn't it? But certainly, kind of at least 100k. Get me up to the buys, and um, then let me ship him off for a full and cream. I'll be very happy with that. Yeah, no, it was yeah, it was pretty impressive. I, I liked it. I think he could go. I think he's got some good scores in him for the year as well. Mm. Especially the fact that the one thing that I loved on the weekend was the set about attendance. Attendances, mm. you know, the amount of time he was in the middle, he's clearly their number one midfielder, and then obviously don't want him to get hurt either. So put him, put the cue in the rack. It'll be interesting to see what he scores this week, because if he goes big, I think he'll be in a lot of teams. If he doesn't, especially if he goes smaller, it'll it'll be very very interesting. Um, your man Semi Collins, what a game he played! I thought he was one of the better almost best on ground. Um, the way he's flying through the air, taking marks, he was really, really good. 188k, JLT, one score of 93. Anyway, you can see yourself starting without him. Now, 12 touches and he scored 93. You don't need to say any more than that. It, it was a good 12 touches too. 91% yeah, no, no, no. on ground. Oh, you just made me, you're there, who'd you yawn, and sorry, it's just sorry. all contagious. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um, but, look, intercept possessions are just so, so important. 
and he went at 91%. Um, seven of his 12 touches as well were actually contested um, to only three marks in it, but, you know, five tackles as well. So he kind of done a bit of everything. And, look, I know that JLT scores are a little bit inflated because of the fact that the, the game time is less. So you don't have the opportunity to rack up kind of the numbers that we might be seeing during the regular season. But I think that's counteracted with inflated super coach scores because they still have to give out the 3,300 points even though it's less game time. Yeah, it was uh, good signs early for anyone that's looking at Collins. Um, uh, Burgess was an interesting game from him, one that I wasn't really keeping an eye on. But I thought he played all right. I thought he'd done his job. And I think he'll probably get around one game. Yeah, did did enough to suggest you'll be there round one. Um, so, look, if he is, we've got the luxury of a defender um, a defender forward swing here. Um, so, look, we might just be sort of plugging a hole if, you know, there's a rookie we expect to get named that doesn't get named. And he's kind of like my emergency at the moment, if that makes sense. So I'm filling my team without him because I know that one of these guys I'm selecting, someone like a, let's say, for instance, a whore from Melbourne or um, someone like that doesn't get selected, then I'll just use Burgess to cover down back or look up front. Maybe a Kavara doesn't get selected from the dog, so then I'll, maybe I'll use Burgess up front. Uh, yeah, not, not a bad little strategy there. And the one name that a lot of people are throwing up at the moment um, this week, uh, Ainsworth who dropped 98, $333,000 player. Surely we've got too many value picks for e- to even be considering Benny Ainsworth. No, and and uh, there's a lot better on uh, sort of available, but God, I'm using it again. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Jeez, this is... I, I don't think I've ever yawned on a podcast, and I've dropped two in about five minutes yeah, here. This is shocking. Um... He's just made me laugh so hard, all the oxygen I've just pumped out of my lungs, and I'm just yawning just to inhale it all back in. Um, yeah, look, uh, yeah, like, uh, look, I won't just contribute much more than that. I think there's a lot better options than uh, than Ben Ainsworth in terms of mid prices. Yeah, no, agree. How, how good was that? Was it Lukosius's goal early? Oh, not Lukosius. Uh, no, 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 Rankin. Uh, Rankin. How good was that? Yeah. yeah, no, very, very classy. And. I got real nervous after he kicked that because it was five minutes into the game and I thought, shit, where the hell am I going to pull money from to now put a hundred and ninety odd thousand dollar player on my field? So I was pretty happy that that was the only thing he did the entire game, to be honest. If you were looking at wits, what would you, gay? Would that change your opinion at all, or what do you think? I, to be honest, he, he came up against no ruckman. Um, you know, if you call English and Trengrove a ruckman, I mean, he should be bullying them given you know his height and experience in the ruck. 47 hit-outs, the bloke only had 74 super coach. For me, that's that's pretty pathetic. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't really be looking at it. Move on to the next game. Yep. Yep, so we got uh, the Brisbane Lions v. the Hawkers. Mate, this game couldn't have been any worse for someone like me too, who was so set on Lockie Neal. The amount of teams now that you see, you know, can you give me some tips on my team? And Lockie Neal's locked into their midfield. Oh, it's just... I've got to share him now, Bombs. I'm not really happy about that. <laughs> well, I think there's going to be... We should have maybe done some screenshots of some players pre-JLT and then done post-JLT. Maybe that's a thing kind of for next preseason. But, um, yeah, look, Lockie Neal was kind of the player that was... Fli- I was flipping around between him, Fife, and uh, kind of Zeret and, you know, these kind of players. Um, 
but for me, I'm just kind of setting myself on Neil at the moment. And the reason I'm doing that is because his consistency to do 22 games, I think it's going to be a 110 at minimum. So why not just kind of back that in from the start? Probably a lot of inflated scores in these games too, especially because Brisbane tended to dominate. Hugh McClellan, yeah. mate, wouldn't he be good if he was a forward? I can't believe he wasn't a forward option this year. Yeah, he would have been selected too. Yeah. But, man, they put out some good scores, a lot of these. Uh... Even Lincoln McCarthy. I mean, someone who, and I think we touched on him in the, in the Brisbane podcast very, very briefly, someone who I said, you know, would just be able to get a kind of clear run at it at Brisbane. Um, for him to come in and score over 100 as well, I thought actually was pretty impressive. And I know they were pretty happy with him after the game as well. But, you know, he's valued in the 200s, is he not? Yeah, 247. Yeah, so man, it just becomes kind of another another option down forward if you kind of feel like you you're running more of the uh, mid price kind of full line. McCarthy's one that I would encourage, but you just it's buyer beware just because of the injury history that he's had over his career. Well, imagine he comes scores one ten this week. Uh, there'd be a lot of teams moving him in. I can I can tell you that. I mean, seventeen touches was all he had, and he uh, he snagged two goals. I mean, eight tackles. It was a good game. I think Cam Rain is going to be a good option for him at forward this year. He, he looked good. A bit beefier. Yeah. He's, he's would, a class act too. Would, be would prefer him if he was a midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zorko, anything in that? <laughs> um, no, I'm not going near Zorko. You know, you know he's 31 or something like that? They announced that when he was captain the other day. But you know, That would make sense. Well, it makes sense considering he debuted at 25, but for some reason I just felt he was still 27, 28. Yeah. He doesn't look that old. No. Nah, well, and he's certainly zippy enough to suggest that he's not in his 30s. Probably still, still looking at him. I think he's still got another four years in him. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought so. Um, and Alex Witherden. I thought the key thing for him, he had 21 disposals in in 63% of game time. I liked what I seen from well, you, though. You can take over here because oh, I know that you're... I'm massive on him. I think he's going to be the one that they uh, look to use the ball coming out of defence. Um, you've seen Daniel Rich on a lot of those kick-ins because he can go long. The cheeky thing with Witherden, and it was all over social media, where he's played on by taking a step to the right outside of the square and then had the kick. So whether that was a deliberate ploy for a stat, who knows. Um, but I'm... I'm very, very comfortable with anyone wanting to start Alex Witherden this year. I think that average is, is going to be pushing up. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit more comfortable post-JLT1. Um, doesn't mean my comfortability, if that's even a word, is sitting yeah. right up there, though. The funny thing is, too, like Brisbane were very, very good um, and didn't really rely on that too much of the ball from the back half either, um, where there's going to be games where it's going to be down there a little bit more as well. So... A lot of uh, Rory Laird in Alex Witherden. Not yeah. not size or height-wise, just kind of playing style. Um, Overall, yeah. Because yeah, I don't want to compare a big-body defender to yeah, someone down back, but I, I really mm. liked it. Hawkers, I think there's one man we're really going to talk about, and that's uh, James Cousins. What a, well, I mean, 200K. 200K, someone that, yeah, kind of elevated his... I guess uh, certainly would have elevated his ownership, that's for sure, and certainly would have made JLT hype. Uh, 
kind of um, teams. But 29 touches, 101 super coach, eight marks, four tackles, um, five clearances in that from 85% game time. You'd be happy with what you saw. Um, no Shields and no Isaac Smith or Jaeger. Or Jaeger. Yeah, so, um, yeah, maybe he was kind of, you know, just forced in there. But, I mean, someone's kind of got to play midfield minutes because that's the only sort of position that um, Mitchell plays. So maybe James Cousin is kind of the, the, the person there to kind of, yeah, step in and take some of those minutes. But I wouldn't be expecting this to be a regular feat for him. Uh, and I wouldn't be expecting him to average kind of more than 70 on the season. And I think when you're paying 200K, you, you probably want to start pushing the uh, 80 kind of average as opposed to settling for a 70. I don't know what you think. Yeah, well, I was just thinking he could be those, one of the ones that you see that is a dead set trap. You know, one of those those real JLT um, scorers, uh, Matty Wright. Yeah. You know, I'll always say that. He's the JLT specialist. They should they should rename the competition after Matty Wright, I reckon. Um, it's called the Matty Wright Cup. Yep, and I think that Cousins is he could fit that mould. He could be a trap on the year. But I tell you what, if he comes out and scores a hundred and one again this week with a full line up, I'll be tempted. Mm-hmm. I'll be yeah. really tempted. But you probably won't be because, let's face it, you're not trading Walsh for him and you're not finding 80k to put on top of another rookie to get to him. Yeah. And, you, and you won't be downgrading Miles or Liberatore. So, let's face it, no matter what he does, we're not getting <laughs> There'll be teams that will. Um, the Warpedo, 85, 76% time on ground. I think we need to talk about him because I don't think he is what everyone was hoping he would be. Nah, nah, and I think we've been quite clear from that, um, even through our Hawthorne podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure you were not sold on him, am I right, Tony? Uh, I can't remember. I think you so. probably sat in the fence. Yeah, yeah anyway. Um, that's where it would have been. <laughs> I know I certainly was. This is your prime example of more midfield time, going to break out, and doesn't. Mm. Yeah, poor Walpito. He would have been trained mm. out by a lot of teams after his weekend's game, I reckon. <coughs> But you know what, though? You look at his score, 85. His price as a forward-line player, that shouldn't scare you off. That should encourage you, I believe. But people, you know, when they when they see Warple, they just want to see tons, you know. All of a sudden, if that's 100, they're going bananas, and we would have been inundated with stuff about him. Met the Warpedo. Um, Harrison Jones, 123K defender, and Jack Scrimshaw, 149K defender. They had some pretty good super coach scores on the weekend. 79 from Jones. Scrimshaw was 68. Scrimshaw actually took a couple of kickouts as well, which was interesting. Um, keep in note that Sicily was playing at the other end of the ground. But what do you think about those two? Um, I don't think either of them will end up making my side, and I don't even think any of them will play kind of come round one. You look at that Hawthorne team that they put out there on the weekend, and there was very few recognisable names in there. I mean, they had no no Gunston, no Bruce, no Ruffhead, no Shields, all those midfielders we just kind of mentioned before, um, no Stratton. I mean, you, you look there, and you can just reel off names left, right, and centre, um, let's have a look at what the Hawks do in JLT2 when all these kind of mature ages come out. Listening to Clarko's presser post-game, they did this specifically because they had well, what he deemed to be kind of two interstate preseason games or, or two games that were had a lot of travel. Um, so 
and he said that's why they teed up the game with the Blues, so that way the experienced players could get a, a hit out prior to JLT1. They'd rest all the experienced players in JLT1, bring them all back for JLT2, and then they'll be ready to go for the uh, for the season proper. Love it. That's why you got to listen to those post-match presses, eh, Bombs? That's right, mate. Uh, anything to worry about if you were looking at this? No, I think this is all overrated. Um, you know, the media, this is what they do. They grab one quote. Go listen to Clarko's presser. He said they're going to use him exactly like they did last year. They And you know what? Because Clarko referenced one game where he said, well, you know what? Last year we swung Sicily forward one day when nothing was kind of working um, up front. He went forward and he kicked a couple goals within a quarter. And, and you know, we think that's a, that's a skill of his. That's something he might be able to do from time to time. That doesn't mean he's playing permanent forward line. Please don't get that confused. Go listen to the presser and actually take on board what was said, not what these peanut journos uh, are trying to make out that Clarko's saying. I can assure you that his game time is very, very highly uh, strung towards the defensive end of the ground. And from time to time, for a quarter or so here or there, he may swing forward. And that's fine. <laughs> They're very, very good at that. Uh, anyone else you want to touch on for that game? No, I don't think anything was relevant. All right, beautiful. We'll jump across to the Tigers and Melbourne. This was a great match. Yeah, it was. So and it looked like it was going to be pretty one-sided pretty early, and it kind of just, yeah, it smoothed itself out. Um, we'll start with Richmond. Brendan Ellis, one you've mentioned before quite early, just too expensive in that kind of, or irrelevant because of that mid-price defensive bracket? Yeah, wasn't impressed enough from what I saw to kind of justify it. And, gee, the mid-prices are so bloody uh, every, just everywhere. I don't even think that's a right sentence, kind of English-wise. The mid-prices are so bloody everywhere. It's got nothing, like, no English about that at all. Anyways, um, no, yeah, I, w- I wasn't impressed by the role enough to suggest that um, I'm going to pick him, that's for sure, or even put him on the radar, so... Sorry, then you had the, the Richmond ball users off the halfback flank dominating. Basher Hooley had 35. Mm. Jaden Short, yeah. who you know I'm a huge fan of, had 29. Um, Alex yeah. Rance had 20 himself. So Short put 100 yeah. supercoach points up. Uh, Basher Hooley won 12. Rance won 10. What's your thoughts on the three of those, those three boys? I know you were pretty optimistic on Rance in the crossover pod, but that could have just been a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. No, no, it, it certainly wasn't because Rance is someone that I've had as a top six defender before and I think that this whole kind of rule stuff and people say, oh, no, it won't, he's not a good one-on-one defender. No, it, but he'll be able to read the ball from kind of the clearance situation and so who cares if he's not playing off his opponent because if he's able to kind of read the ball and get to the ball first then he could be in line for a fair few intercept possessions there. Um, the Demons, though, are a team who can't finish off work. They most attacking team kind of in terms of um, ability to get the ball inside 50, in terms of pure numbers for inside 50s last year. But their ability to convert all of that into scores is is actually pretty poor. So no surprise there to see a lot of Richmond defenders um, with, I think, what is boosted uh, kind of stats there because that, that's kind of just Melbourne style. They get the ball forward a lot, but their forward-line players don't typically gain possession of it. One, two, three in that order, what would you be picking? Um, I think I'd I'd pick Rance Short Hooley. I'm short Rance Hooley. But wouldn't be surprised if either of them 
became a top, you know, a, a topic of conversation, yeah, later down the track. So, uh, good to see RCD, Royley Collier, Dawkins disappoint us. Um, no, that's... He won't be making a debut. No, certainly not early on anyway. No. Um, it was all right when he was out there, but... I don't think he set the world on fire. He might get a chance this week. Anyone looking at Dustin Martin, he had 21 disposals of 64% time on ground. Now, apparently, was told to calm down out on the ground and stop taking it so seriously. And I think there's word kind of come through today as well that he's a little bit injured. Yeah, well, I know he landed on that ankle pretty awkwardly. Um, yeah. And was going to be, he was sent in for scans yesterday, but I haven't heard anything else other than that. Yeah, they're, they're, the talk around him not playing JLT2 has been ramped up at the moment. That wouldn't surprise me anyway. So, um, anyone looking at Nake, worries about him playing forward? Well, I mean, if you honestly, if you had Nake on your radar, then um, you, you're probably something that rhymes with him a bit. You're a bit of a wank. And he's staying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut the crap though. Let's talk about Noah Bolter because that's what we should be talking about. We're just about to. How how is that? A man that we we spoke about when he was a hundred and two k forward rookie. uh, Sorry, forward forward ruck. But seriously, spoke about him. I, I think I wrote about him a little bit around the grounds last year too. He's what a game that was. It's about time he's just been able to come out on the scene and absolutely dominate. Let's not forget. I can't remember what podcast it was, but we're doing the rookies in the forward line. You recall this. And I had Noah Bolter there with one of those Hawthorne fellas as well on the forward line. And you go, nah, that can't be your, that can't be your forward line rookies. Now, admittedly, I was taking the pitch. No, nah, little... I wasn't talking about Noah Bolter. That was Dylan, Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore. Oh, yeah. that's a your... Anyway, all right, so, but hey, how good was that game? Did you see that chain as well where he ran down the wing, he handballed the ball to himself three times and then oh, ended up kicking was, off that was, that was crazy. That was, holy crap, that was good. I mean, that there within itself was reason enough to get excited about him. Um, he took a really good contested mark from a skewed Jack Rewalt kick at goal, um, kind of on the goal line as well, and snapped it around the corner and nailed it. Um, he had seven hitouts to go with his 18 touches. His only three handballs for the game were those three handballs he had in a row down the wing to get himself a shot at goal. I mean, so the bloke obviously likes to kick the footy, and he took six marks as well. I'll tell you, he scored 104. I'm telling you, if he's there round one, I'm starting him. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I mean, 100%. And we he's speak about that perfect link up player. And we speak about round one bolters. Well, this is certainly a bolter, that's for sure. Just rubbing the wank in even more, are you? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think he would complement that um, Lynch uh, Rewalt forward line really well too. As the third tall who's very mobile, very athletic, and can get further up the ground. Because there's a lot of talk about Rewalt doing that, and I think he will as well. But oh, just imagine the three. Imagine, you know, Rewalt runs up the ground, does what he needs to do, comes back, a little bit puffed, Noah Bolter runs up the ground, does what he needs to do, comes back. Like, I was super impressed with his game. Super the interesting cool. thing is whether or not Richmond will do it because they changed, yeah, they changed their forward line 
and they changed kind of the whole view, as premiership teams do, don't they? They change the whole view about how games should be played, and they only had the one tall forward, if you can call Jack Rewald a tall forward, because he's not exactly tall, but he did bring the ball to ground. All of a sudden, they get Tom Lynch, and all of a sudden, you throw a 194-centimetre bolter into the mix or whatever, whatever sort of height he is. All of a sudden, they may be playing a totally different game style. And I think I think Lynch is out for a little while to begin the season with, isn't he? he yeah, I mean, he's unlikely to start round one, and and I think that just means we'll see Noel Bolter round one. And look, if he can kind of just get his uh, year off to a good start, they probably won't drop him. Yeah, I think I think I read somewhere that he was probably going to be a little bit worse um, than just round one. Yeah, first of all, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Marty Hoare, I thought, was really good down back and took some kick-ins too, which was really good. Yeah, he didn't impress me. Um, so he can... No, nah, he didn't. I, I wasn't impressed with what I saw from him. I and really liked it. Even if he's named around one, I, I might even give that one there a miss if I've got other options there to kind of select. Um, for me, that wasn't what I was expecting from him, even though, you know, mature age player, 117K, we like all that kind of stuff, takes kick-ins you know, intercept kind of player, but uh, no lever, no Sam, uh, Sam May, Stephen May um, in that in that team. Um, mm, I've got worries about him. Oh, I don't. I don't. Lever's not back for a while, and I think Lever's the only one that's coming in and taking him out. At 100, if he was a little bit more, I'd be more sceptical. 117K if his name round one, I'd be my team. But do you think he's surpassed um, is it, who they got down there? Oscar McDonald, Sam Frost. Uh, both played on the weekend. Oscar McDonald yeah, and but, Frost. But um, May didn't. And I May will think, play LZ too. I, I don't think you can pay McDonald, May, and Frost. I don't think. McDonald, May, and Frost. I think you can. McDonald plays small quite quite comfortably. I'm just not a huge OMAC fan. Like, I think he's... I, I think he's the best of the three. Out of them, I think he's the best out of all of them. Oscar McDonald? No, have yet. Wow. Underrated, I think. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I think he's... Can be a little bit complacent. But I don't think he's the worst. I think Sam Frost isn't on the level of OMAC. But yeah. I don't, I think they're, all, they're all too similar. And I think Melbourne want to be quick. And, well, there's, look, there's still bench spots there, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Hey, I'll tell you who, what I was impressed with, and I know I said, um, you know, I think Hogan out of this team is going to be a big thing for them, yada, yada, yada. Um, they swing Joel, they use Joel Smith as that forward line player over the yeah. weekend, he snagged two. Yeah. I, th- I think they're going to be all right without Hogan. Well, is that Joel Smith, our admin Joel Smith? I think so. Yeah, okay, same, I just had to clarify. <laughs> Um, yeah, but just... let's stop beating around the bush. Yeah, Brayden Bruce, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, I think it was hot, and yeah, I, don't, I wasn't wasn't overly impressed without being under impressed. But I'm, I think he'll have a spot in the team. I'll tell you what I did. I laughed when I seen him play. You know why? Why? Well, I'll tell you because if this if this guy here is is honestly twin with Max Gorn's position in the team, 
then I'll tell you what, I might sign up for a local footy league this year and get a shot on the Melbourne list next year because that's an absolute bloody joke. I think oh, he was gassed. That was that was uh, evident. I think uh, there might be a spot for him in that forward mid, you know, forward ruck share with Gorney. I don't yeah. think... If the question is how much he's going to affect Max Gorn, I don't think he's really going to affect him much, if at all. He might do Gorney a favour and let Gorney go rest forward for a short period of the game, which is what he was doing last year anyway. But I think they're going to use Gorn behind the ball in all main ruck setups, and Proust will probably ruck in the forward line. Which is and a good thing good. too, because then when the ball's booted out, it's Gorn's going to be Yeah. Yeah. I... Um... I've said to you during the preseason, and I've come 180 on Gorn, and I am all in on it. I'm back all in on it, and the reason is this: last year we were scared of um, starting Brody Grundy because of Mason Cox, and and look what happened. And to me, this this I've got a little sniff here that we're a little bit scared about starting Gorn because of Braden Pruce. This will sort itself out. And Gorn will go over 120 again, I think. Yes. I've just got no worries in the world at the moment. I think and I'm not going to be one of those... play a pretty similar role to what Cox did too. Yeah, look, I just... Gorn, for me, after seeing what Bruce did as a, as a sole ruckman, I'll tell you, I've got no concerns. Well, Absolutely none. At the moment, because I've had a real awkward player out of my team, it's in an ugly place. But last night... After we recorded our pod, we got off and compared our teams, and we both had Gorn and Grundy in there as well. And what did we have? Two players that were different. We had about which, two different. Which was scary. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't see Bruce having a huge, as as big of an impact as what I thought. I've, I've done the 180 with you. And that's, I, I think I said earlier in this pod, um, I can't see how I'll run in the season without Grundy and um, Gorn. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm all in on but, the line. Uh, no surprise. I pick the top two ruckman every year, and every year I'm disappointed. So I might as well just keep <laughs> up with tradition. Excellent. Well, why the hell not? Yeah. yeah. Um, before we talk about uh, Clary, let's have a chat about Angus Brayshaw, who had 37 disposals at 67%, almost 1,000 metres gained, and scored 111 super coach points. <laughs> um, he's obviously, ball use is substandard. So... That that's that, and I don't think much of that is going to change throughout the year. Um, he's, he will rack up ball, and so he's going to be more of an accumulator than anything else, and, and that's okay. Um, but I don't think he's a consistent, and his clearance numbers probably aren't high enough to kind of justify him as an accumulator selection. I still prefer the accumulators in Matt Crouch and, and Zach Merritt and these types at this stage. I won't pick him. But I would not be surprised if we come at year's end, Melbourne have finished top of the ladder, and Clary and Angus Brayshaw are both top 10 midfielders. Mm-hmm. It may happen. It yep. would not surprise me, and I would not be surprised if we're talking about Angus Brayshaw a little bit more as we get to the mid-season mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just... I don't know. I don't know. He scares me. I, I, I do not have big enough cojones to pick Angus Brayshaw. Love his game. Yeah. Love the way he plays footy. He's. Oh, they should. Do they have. They don't have a most improved award, do they? Who? The Demons? No, the AFL. There's no um, most improved, is there? No, nah, I think I that's more know. the club thing. 
bring, nah, it, more in, of a thing. bring it into the AFL Oregon. On Brown, most you know what? named the most improved AFL player. I reckon he would have he would have been a sure thing to win it last year. How would they vote on that? Just oh. one nomination from each team, and then the coaches vote or something. Maybe, yeah. The, yeah, something like that. The umpires get together. Hey, <laughs> 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 uh, they get together. Give us, give us your three, two, one, and your most improved from last year, Joey. Come on, Razor. Who was shit last year? Is half decent now, Razor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was super impressed with him. Uh, Bailey Fritch again. Too bad he's not a rookie this year. Yeah, it was all right. But let's not talk about and, it. Where's Mitch Hannon? Is he injured? Well, is that is that factual? All we can kind of suggest is that Mitch Hannon is probably probably being rested for round one because they just really want to start the year on fire. He was probably with Gorn in the coach's box. <laughs> he was Gorn was on Mitch Hannon's shoulders. Um. <laughs> Clayton Oliver, what a game that was! Did he just absolutely lock himself into your team? He did. He didn't. It, Oliver was already in my team, but he certainly increased my confidence in the pick because there were moments there where I was saying, "Hmm, should I sideways Oliver for five? And then I thought to myself, "Yeah, but Oliver's going to play twenty-two games." And then he comes out and he does that, and I just think, "Yeah, I'm look. He's probably going to average similar to five, so why wouldn't I just take the security of the twenty-two games?" Guys just had double shoulder surgery in the preseason and looked better than he did last year when he was elite. Like, and don't forget, I didn't pick him last year because he was uh, slightly injured yeah, going into round and smashed it. <laughs> yep. He um, totally ruined me. He's, he's a class act, Clayton Oliver. A class act. Uh, I think that's it for the Ds. Don't pick Petrapa. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> Uh, we'll jump across to Collingwood and Frio. I'll uh, we'll start with the Dockers. Terrible news about my boy, Bumps. Heard his hammy, apparently, Griffin Logue. I haven't seen how severe it is, but... You know, Isn't really... this the story of his life? Yeah, exactly. And you know what, too? I'm telling you, it's, it's like year of, uh, year of CBE. Like, all these players that I absolutely love, you know, been on for years, are all just starting to shine, you know? <laughs> So this year, if you, you're not doing yourself any favours. No, he might not be invited back for the hype talk next yeah, year again. He's got a long way to go. Uh, Nathan Wilson and Luke Ryan. You reckon if you look at him, put a line through him? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's too risky. Those yeah, again, can't justify it. Uh, Brett Bruley, how was that? Well, come onto the ground. Welcome to your AFL. Well, I, I missed that. I missed it. What, what happened? It didn't start the start of the game. Come on, have okay. 13 disposals in 39% game time. 56 Did he really? points. Yeah. Well, it makes sense because I only watched the bloody first half of that yeah, game before I absolutely <laughs> come on the ground and blitzed it. Yeah, well, well, he kind of justifies all the preseason uh, hype we've had with him, and he justifies the selection we've had of him sitting on our sitting on our benches pretty much for the entire year, and for some even on a non-field position. So, it's nice to have a player who we and, and a rookie for that matter that we kind of selected um, early on at that kind of that low one hundreds prize that we can kind of just leave and not change because he would be uh, one. Probably the the only one, really. I mean, there, there won't be many others that we were kind of with with that on. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, not at all. Um, 
Monday, attended a lot of centre bounces, but only put up 81 super coach points. Yep, no, no, that's that's okay, and I think that's what you wanted to see. I mean, I'm not concerned by the scores when it comes to these kind of players, and the reason for that being is that at the end of the day, these guys are premiums, um, and these guys are proven superstars, and they, they don't need to prove anything in JLT games. They just need to roll out there and, and come out of the game injury-free. Um, so he did that, and if he was on your radar, this shouldn't deter you um, any bit. Hey, who also impressed me, Michael Walters. He was on, I think, 20 disposals coming into the last quarter. or twenty. He might have been on the 21 coming into the last quarter and then sat it out, 55% game time. Um, 476,000, put up 86 super coach points, bombs. Can we trust those hamstrings? Uh, no, you can't trust them, but I think you can... If you're going to back him, you've got to back him while he's injury-free. <laughs> um, and... I said during the Frio podcast that he was actually my breakout player. I cheated a bit because he was a little bit more expensive. And I said, look, well, if you're going to pick him on any given year, and you know how anti-Walters have been the last yeah, two, yeah. and I've, I've had red-hot digs at you for selecting him on multiple occasions and Brenner over that sort of time period, and now I'm now I'm endorsing it. I think now the time is right for Walters. There's a little bit of talk but not much talk about him, and I like that because – when there's too much talk, then they become a hype player, and hype players often fail. There's the right amount of preseason talk about Walters to suggest this is kind of the the, the breakout. I think for him, with uh, Neil going, um, midfield space kind of opens. They need a bit more experience in that midfield to kind of bring these Brayshaws and um, Cheras and these other kind of players through. So I'm I'm all for Walters, to be honest be interesting too to see what happens when five comes back if those midfield minutes stay up he could be a smoky there's not a lot of people talking about him either i like it yeah i think it's the right amount of talk i think it is exactly the right amount of talk you want to be hearing and you'd be disappointed if he was on your radar and all of a sudden we started talking about him here because you'd be like oh well you're talking about the right amount of talk and now you're increasing that talk in the community well, sorry about that, but it needs to be said because we, we won't be negligent in talking about um, or in not speaking about Michael Walters. I'd be interested if there has been someone so far that is on the Michael, Wa- uh, Michael, Wagon, Michael Walters bandwagon. <laughs> let us know. Let us know and let us know why. Um, and we'll stop talking about him as well. Uh, I've seen a couple of people, especially in the hype train, grab Rory Lobb. I think Darcy, <laughs> Darcy was just sitting out because he's had a bit of hamstring tightness. Sanderlands is due back at like around four or something. I can't understand why you would get sucked into Rory Lobb. I mean, sure, Sean Darcy and Sanderlands went down injured and Rory Lobb was solo ruck. I'd understand he's a ruck forward, but early days, he's going to go sit in the... He's going to play forward. If he was solo ruck, I wouldn't even pick him then because he was that for GWS last year pretty much and that didn't produce anything good. So why the hell would it produce something different at Fremantle? Yep, good point. Maybe because of the sun, different sun bombs. <laughs> might have been eating him, but a little bit of weight. Might he might be above 100 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, doing shit. his job. Um, and that was about it. None of the other... A young one's impressed. If anyone was looking at Jesse Hogan, I think you'd be worried, but I couldn't imagine there'd be too many people looking at Jesse Hogan. I'd assume he would have been one in 1% of teams. And Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. 
Scotty Pendlebury winding back the clock. Well, that was that was an incredible outing from him, especially early. I think he was on 52 Supercoach points at quarter time or something. He was just absolutely class again. Um, I can't remember who I said it to the other day, Bombs, but just go have a look at uh, Scott Pendlebury's average when he's playing with Dane Beams, mate, because that's a stat that'll really impress you. Yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm not going... I'm not going anywhere near Pendlebury. Did that just go over your head? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the last time we played with Dames Beams was what? That 2010 to 2012 series? Would have been a good average. I think I must have cut out there. Sorry. That's, right. oh, <laughs> no That's a bit of a letdown. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to sit here and make jokes to myself. Really hoping there's something. Did you say, did you say Dame Beams? Sorry, I thought you said have a look at the last time and then it, I think it cut out a bit and I thought you were just... I must have just filled in the blanks because what I thought you said was that check out the last time that he averaged underneath 100. No, it was check out, the last, check out his averages the last time he played with Dame Beams. That's ah, right. my bad. All right, right, right I'm cool. I'm sure there's someone sitting at home just giggling at my jokes, but that's okay. Well, she yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he was good. Again, is it? Just, it's just too hard to pick a pause midfielder. No, I, I think Beams is the, the clear one, if you're going to pick one, to be honest. Um, side bottom doesn't interest me for Supercoach. Pendlebury doesn't interest me. Trelaw somewhat interests me, but probably not as much as Dane Beams. If I'm picking one, I'm picking Beams, and I'm picking it confidently. I See, I'm, I'm more happy to not pick one and wait, play the waiting game, put my money somewhere else early, and then figure out who is the pie, um, and then go from there. Man, we could look. We could have that midfield of old, where it was. You know, remember that year? I think, I think Swanee, Pendles, and um, Beams Green. were all top ten midfielders. Mm. Like it's yeah, it definitely could be there. We didn't really have too many of value. I think the only one was uh, Isaac Quainer, who was all right without being great. Yeah, probably and, didn't do enough to. Even be selected round one, mate. Well, I was talk- people were talking about it on Twitter, saying that he definitely did enough. I didn't think he done enough. I thought he was a little bit nervous when the ball was around. Not look, you know, young kid playing his first game, but he needs a chance in JLT too. So he, mm. he obviously needs another go. He had twelve disposals. You know, it could just be first game jitters. He's a he's a very humble, quiet guy. So. The, the nerves might have got the better of him. Give him another go. Let's see him have a run. But he could be one that might benefit from going and playing some fo- some VFL football and then earning his debut later in the season. But, yeah, right now it's it's uh, yeah, it's tough. You're just playing in a granny. There's no need to rush him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought the Brown boys played all right too. Young Tyler and... Um, oh, Callum. Was, yeah, Callum. Almost said Gavin then. I was... Yeah, that would have been pretty awkward if Gavin Brown was back out of the ground for the jail team. Hey, you, you reckon Pendlebury's old? <laughs> Gavin Brown running out there. Um, Elliot, Elliot excited a lot early, but 280k. I think the Elliot bandwagon's kind of slowed down. Darcy Moore, though, bomb 79 supercoach points, 18 disposals, 77% uh, disposal efficiency, and 69% time on ground. He's, I think he's got a couple of people asking questions again. Yeah, well, let them select him, and we'll ask him how much it hurts for them to use a trade in four weeks when he does another hammy. He's just at such an ugly price, I reckon. 
I don't even care. If if he was 150k, I wouldn't select him. What about 120? He might be half a chance, but even then, he's, he's probably going to get injured before he can make more than 50k. Yeah, it's just... Honestly, I don't trust him at all. It's a tough price. It is a tough, tough price. If you could tell me right now he's playing 18 games, I'd select him. But that is no guarantee to play five. I don't even think I would select him. I don't think he's going to score that high. He won't. He was on kick-ins, wasn't he? Yeah. And that's probably where some of the... Yeah. That's where some of the hype's probably coming around. So, but, jeez, no thanks. Yep. Well, anything else, Dad? Well, I mean, Grundy, 46 hit-outs. Pretty cool. Just just bypass the best ruckman in the league. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Probably second best ruckman in the league. But uh, 94 super coach points. Yeah. And... It was a lot slower than that early. But he had, and I know I continue to say this. Um, you know, your premiums don't don't worry about them too much, and I'm not particularly worried about him. I'm not trading him out, but I'd be lying if I said he has 46 hitouts in a game and he's not scoring 100. See, I, I'm not. He didn't really ruck against anyone. It's he just looked like he's gone through the motions. I think that's but he still had 46 hitouts, though. So you'd expect yeah. you'd still expect 100 to come from 46 hitouts, do you not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you say anyway. it's like a second gear, 46 hit-outs? Like, if that's well, it's not round, like he's ever going to... He doesn't get 46 hit-outs many. No, nah, it's normally what he does around the ground, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Look, just a little bit disappointed, but it's no cause for concern, I think. Would you be surprised if he slowed down? No, I wouldn't, because number one, Ruckman don't go back to back, Corey. It's, it's a fact of Supercage in the last decade. They just don't go back-to-back. But surely he's still top four. Like, at an absolute minimum, he's in the top four. And if he is, stuff it. Just pay it now and go for it. Yeah, that's not a risk. I actually think he's going to have a great year again. But um, I was pretty comfortable with his game on the weekend. But you know what? This is how you felt last year with Cruz. Yeah, this is how you kind of feel the year exactly before when we had Vaughn. Honestly, I mean, we year from year. And you know what? If he doesn't go back-to-back and he stinks it up and, I don't know, some, Todd Goldstein's the number one ruckman, next year we're going to be sitting here at this time saying, well, how can you not start with Todd Goldstein? Did you see what he done last year? Yeah. Uh, it's It just happens every single year. But you can never justify not selecting them. <laughs> that's That's the problem. Oh, man. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love for Mumford to just dominate early. I'd love him yeah. to be named. I'd, like I know he's not playing round one, but like it would be a curveball. That's for sure. Oh, all right. I'm stuffed. <laughs> what else? Is that it? I can't remember. I don't think there's anything else. Anything else to talk about? I don't even think we've got any more time left to continue to record. There's no questions. No nothing. I haven't missed anything. What about the group code? We haven't dropped that for a while. Well, that's probably because we've never got a bloody open, to be honest. So, just <laughs> two seconds to get that open. Oh, but um, just sit here and have a chat with myself. I'm just, I'm still starstruck, you know, that Bev was on here. Oh, and Bev. You know, we're going to be sitting back tonight, ten o'clock at night. We'll be really, oh, it's ten o'clock now for us, Jesus. Well, we'll be sitting back at some point, re-listening to this. And I'll tell you, man, when he done the yippity dippity yippee, when he done that, I've never withheld laughter so much in my entire life because I didn't want to ruin it for the listeners. 
I wanted them to get the full Bev experience. Anyways, the league code, we're sitting at over 500. I had a look at this yesterday. We're sitting at over 500 entrants. This is fantastic from the community. And we'll put a final number up and we'll give, you know, well, maybe not a shout out, but we'll say, you know, this is how many people are in it really uh, close to the season. But anyways, um, go into the league section of your Supercoach teams. Um, go across to groups. And in the group section, you can add the following group. The group code is 661452. It's a competition to see who is the overall points uh, winner in this group. And the top three will win a Supercoach Elite T-shirt, um, you know, with all the good stuff on it. Exotic limos uh, kind of will be on there. We've got, you know, just their beautiful logo and, and all the rest of the stuff that goes on in those beautiful T-shirts. They last a while too, don't they, Corey? I know we use them indoor cricket uh, kind of team uniforms. That's what we use them for. We love them. Um, yeah, and keep an eye out because we'll have leagues dropping. We're hoping to have quite a few. Um, so a league's against the admin, and they'll be dropping probably as we get closer to the season. So I know we've made everyone wait a little bit longer this year, but if you're super keen to get in in one of the elites leagues, it's uh, it's worth a wait because you know you just might be in the one that's got bombs in it. And if you've beat bombs, it's really good for the podcast if you let him know about it. Everyone. So, um, and not good for my ego. No, 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 and. From what I hear, it's in the works that we might be having a bed league even up and running. So you really want to stay tuned. Turn those notifications on on Twitter. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and all that sort of stuff and uh, get involved in all the content that we kind of have going around. And, and please, if you can, have a look at us on iTunes, SoundCloud, drop us a review, drop us a like because all that stuff helps us kind of you know boost our ratings through the, the relevant categories. That's it. All right, community. On behalf of Bons, myself, and I'm pretty sure I can say Bev here, um, peace out and thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, Bons, with uh, JLT round two. Um, yeah, recap, and we'll split that up. And we, yeah, we'll split it up again so they're not going for 12 hours. And <laughs> then, yeah, we'll figure out what we're going to do the week after as we're really up to the season. But thanks for listening. <laughs>